Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I know you want me freak. Sports star honeybee on my team. I want to play nicely. I can pick it up if you take me. Okay, we haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, which Podcast? is, I think we did one last week. <laughs> we 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 did do one last week. Uh, no, uh, specifically, we haven't done a thing that I, I think we all maybe wish we did more often. I know I do because I I I quite enjoy the times that we get together and and watch something and then talk about it. It, I really enjoy it too. So I think we're getting around that we could do it more frequently. Um, I feel like doing it any more than like once a month gets kind of lazy and um, Simmonsian um, in a way. Uh, <laughs> Don't you put so, that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> so so yeah. Then you just start. But but I I think we can we can definitely we can. There's definitely a fine line more. between once a month and what we do. Yeah, I, I mean, I had the I had the new movie theater open near me, and I've already gone twice in rapid succession. So I might start going and seeing movies. Um, one of the other theaters is about to do; it's doing a summer days series. Um, I think this weekend they're doing Half Baked. In a couple weeks, they're doing uh, Dazed and Confused, which is a movie I would love to see in in a theater, and then have like just a regular Budweiser afterwards. So we'll 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 come back to this topic. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Pierce, you you brought us something to watch this week, so maybe maybe we should just let you set the table. So I I saw and saw is really important here. I was at a brewery some months ago um, during trivia, and on the screen there were uh, there's TV in there. It was muted, and I don't even think that there were subtitles on, so it was just a muted television. Um, and they had on a succession uh, of Futurama episodes, which is a show I have like never really watched. And there was one episode that struck my eye, and it was a uh, Bicyclops uh, built for two, which is the episode that we watched, which aired. I think Max, you told us in March, March two- of two thousand. Yes, and. I'm not really going to explain Futurama, except it's it's Matt Groening who's who's the mind behind uh, Simpsons, and it kind of is obviously it's related, similar art, uh, artistic style, but like different themes, very funny. Um, is set in a future world and like I don't know makes fun of the demise of America in a lot of ways, um, and I think is is pretty smart and witty and has some really cool characters. But we watched this one episode in particular, and what struck me from watching it when there was no sound is I knew that this was probably released about the year 2000, and I thought that they were doing a a prescient takedown of what the internet mostly still is and at that point was becoming. And I think down to the greater theme of this episode, which is someone 
uh, falls for for someone else who is uh, really yanking their chain and is being creepy and lying. Um, that is absolutely how the internet is to me, and I thought it was great to go and 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 you know see that and see it see it play out like twenty years ahead of its time. But I think not everybody is in agreement with me on you know what what this episode should be celebrated for. Well, I suggested before we started recording that it wasn't so much like it wasn't exactly prescient about what the internet still is today. Uh, because there was sort of a, a notable lack of like aggressive racial slurs, um, but uh, it it was it definitely was a, a you know a very sharp picture of what the internet was at the time and would remain for like fifteen more years. Um, the 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 crew sort of goes into these like virtual reality um suits which we can we can talk more about later mm-hmm. uh, and and they do that thing that that i think several other shows have sort of attempted which is like what what would it be like if you actually went into the internet they yes. this is sort of like the so oh, the metaverse right so this was the metaverse. impression about the metaverse oh. um and and much like the um, the depiction of going into the physical internet as a real place in Chappelle's show, um, it's all pop up ads and porn. Yeah, and and like that's you know that's funny, um, and and you can say yeah that that is kind of what it is, but I don't know. I was most taken by the ads part because at at that point in time in the year two thousand. So all the news on the internet was free and all of that stuff was free. Now it's like none of that stuff is, is free anymore. So I'm sure it sort of was like that. I mean, I was, I was nine. I was not on the internet yet. Uh, I don't know that we could get on the internet in my house, but um, even at that time to be like, the internet is just going to be ads. Like all it is, is going to be is ads. That was 100% accurate. And I don't think that will ever change whether, you know, it's, it's porn or sports message boards or or very racist content. Ads are what are the backbone of that. They will be unavoidable. Well, I think another thing that was that they captured in this was that there'd be people that were attracted to like one room, and this these were these both ended up being you know maybe pornographic things. But one person or Zoidberg was like, "That's disgusting," but then he saw something that. He was very interested. He's like, I'm going to go hang out there. So Sardine very... on mackerel action. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it, you know, very much captures the whole, like, we kind of just go in our little silos where everyone agrees with us and we don't really, we find repulsion in what everyone else is doing. And in the central, and that leads to the central plot point of this episode, plot point of this episode, which we don't have to, I mean, it's important, the specifics of it, uh, we don't have to talk about, but, you know, someone goes into one of these rooms, one of these spaces where you know, conceivably they could encounter someone and they say, hey, I'm lonely and I'm looking for someone to connect with, which in a lot of ways is a laudable part of the internet. But then, and it seems that it is good. They find someone who responds to that. But the other part of the internet is there are lots of people out there who are bad actors and will make that connection in bad faith because they know that they can 
extract leverage from your loneliness and you know they can extract money from it they can extract your time they can be abusive and we kind of see all of that in here and that is unfortunately a central tenet of the internet which is it's wonderful except that it is terrible and we we get all of that and like maybe that's a tale as old as time like you go down to your local haunt if you even if you lived in a village and someone is passing through town and they happen to be the exact person you were looking for but like seeing it in such a way you know having that that future vision into what it looks like i'm like yeah yeah that's that really is what it is be it you know the the circumstances you were talking about sean or or these you know niche um you know somewhat fetishized chat rooms that they go to here yeah i i wonder if this is not so much like a phenomenon this sort of deception and, and preying on people's loneliness and and you know putting up a front to give them what they want while actually sort of working them behind the scenes to get what you want like that's not actually itself an internet thing the internet makes that easier to do yeah. and to mm -hmm. do across distances that's a people being shitty thing <laughs> and that far predated the internet it does far and and you do i will say you do get as well the um the bad actor in this case i think in very much a thing that you do see the internet making it easier ends up being uh maybe too involved in hustle culture and trying to run this scheme on like five people at once as <laughs> opposed to maybe the old way of like you do a couple or whatever but like the scale of the well, internet. Yeah, you scam quickly. one person and then you have to leave town because the town knows yeah. about the scam. Now. The, yes, the, the Ponzi scheme of love, like the internet, you can scale way higher, but then when it crashes, it really crashes. Yeah. So the, the thing that I, I found particularly funny about this episode is that it is in, in many ways, it's, two or or maybe even like three different episodes but re like really the the main divide and and you know i you you were talking about it, it the prescient portrayal of the internet future but then the second half of the episode is just like a ripoff of married with children like down to the fact that the the sort of con artist character who who puts up this front of being like a noble the only other cyclops left on on you know, in the universe um, and then becomes like a slob husband. His name is Al. Yeah. And I was going to say, Max, I don't it's know if you Al caught fucking this, but, Bundy. but at some point the, the character does say, you can call me Al. <laughs> yes. And I was just waiting for you to start singing at that moment. Cause I thought that that was, that that was a perfect time, but but yeah, I mean that's that's it. You know, what is the internet if for no other reason than to also go and do reruns of old shows? I mean, that's literally mm. what we did for this this episode. Touche. Um, but now to take a and there are, there are specific things that I think are, are are humorous in this episode that you know we could certainly certainly get to. Um, I will point out that I did not think about this going in, but. Apple, as we're recording this, just released their virtual reality slash augmented reality headset, and they obviously go into the metaverse in in this episode. So that you know, again, boom, there you go. 
Um, but Max, I think you're more of the connoisseur and expert, a subject matter expert on Futurama. And is this is this a well that they go back to a lot? I mean, this is the joke at the beginning of the episode is that um, the professor has spent days trying to log in, log on to his old AOL account, and they finally get access, and then he needs to answer the phone or something, and he can't do that. Is is this a typical theme of like going back, you know, quote unquote, going back to make fun of these Earth technologies, or does this does this kind of stand alone as like a a an episode where maybe they were making a point of of emphasis of of ridiculing? Um, at the time, a, a contemporaneous technology. Uh, I mean, that's the been, time of release. It's been a while since I've watched a whole bunch of Futurama, but I, I my gut is that it's pretty typical. Um, mm-hmm. They do a really good job of blending, like making fun of the technology of the, you know, '90s when it was created, but also making it like realistically what it would be in the year 3000. Um, so yeah, I don't, I you know. It's a fantastic show. Um, yeah, yeah and I, I think you know they, it's, it's a funny um, premise. And and I was gonna say, it is a show that is not really on my radar. But as we've discussed here before, like there's plenty of great animation out there, and I think uh, you know high-minded people who spend a lot of time doing succession takes on the internet don't always point you in the direction of animated programs. Even though, uh, I mean, The Simpsons, I'm sure this show, um, I've watched some great animation of late. I mean, is this this one that if we're going to go into the back catalog, uh, you know, that we should be reaching to? And I ask you, Max, as as someone who has um, gorged themselves, it seems, on on some Futurama. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely made me, I didn't realize that it was available for streaming. Um, it definitely made me want to watch more of it. I think there's probably a, a solid well of, of similar episodes that kind of relate pretty well to to life today, um, even if they were made 20 years ago. Um, yeah. I think there'd certainly be probably one or two South Park episodes that would be worth uh, watching and discussing. And then obviously Simpsons as well. Yeah. And, and, I, w- shows. and I was going to say that. I think one thing that is... Uh, when we've watched the simpsons before like a lot of the jokes and just the interpersonal things in the simpsons those are evergreen to use a a tv term i guess um one thing about uh south park that i noticed and i i've only watched one episode of rick and morty so i can't really speak to that but south park because of the way they make it it, it is it is very fresh at the time of release, or, or often. I mean, I've watched plenty of old South Park episodes and they still work, but like a lot of times the criticism is like of that very moment. Um, so so I would wonder with, with a South Park or something, like does it keep the freshness? Whereas I imagine Futurama, similar to Simpsons, like you can have that continuity of like, oh yeah, that was funny and it makes sense to me now in, in the context I have. Yeah. I think with Futurama, there's like this other gag it has going on where they will have people's like heads frozen or like oh, in yeah. this like life preserving juice or whatever. So like some of these might be cultural icons that you might not have even like 
we might not have been super aware of them, but we like at least knew them and knew that they were part of the like the, of the ethos. And if you didn't live in that time, maybe there'd be a couple of them. But like also, one's Richard Nixon is like a prominent figure. Spiro Agnew shows up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but but by the same token, like can you imagine, you know, <clears throat> like Kevin, can you imagine your nieces and nephews one day watching South Park, at, like? They're not gonna know who Saddam Hussein is. <laughs> Obviously yeah, not. Why would thought. they? I I mean I don't. Or like know. Guitar Hero. I'm like <laughs> they'll know what, they'll know the Chim Pokemon episode. They'll think that's funny. <laughs> I given I think, given the direction of of what is allowed to be taught in in Southern public schools, I feel like the toppling of Saddam Hussein will just be the they'll teach you that every year like at thanksgiving they'll just replace the mayflower story with like invading the middle east but maybe that's neither here nor there but i feel like they would know who saddam hussein is at that point but maybe it'll just be florida but who knows south park did take a shift uh after probably a, a year or two after the book of mormon's release to make their seasons more kind of have like a a a plot that follows episode to episode and is based on current events i found um there's still a lot of quality south park seasons one through i don't know maybe eight or so even further that are very much like a i'd say every episode is a total standalone and and, and similar to futurama like you might get references to you know, you will you'll get references to things but like i think you could enjoy the show without understanding the references um I think that's something the Simpsons kind of does the mm -hmm. best at. Like, I, I, I'd say you can watch the show. You can watch the Simpsons as like an eight-year-old next to like a 50-year-old. And you're going to get different things from the show, but you're both going to enjoy it. Right? Like, the Simpsons has like this base layer of comedy and then slightly deeper jokes. I think Futurama goes a little deeper on that. Um, I wouldn't call it smarter. I'd say you like have to pay a little more attention to get all the jokes. But um, but it's still, like, fun to watch. I mean, you watched this episode without hearing it and was still kind of fun to watch yeah. because they have, to Sean's point, the ability to, like, play with the universe, where, whatever they want to do, kind of. Um, and I, I think there are definitely some, some episodes, especially of earlier South Park, where, where that would be the case. Obviously, it's catered to a... a I don't want to say more mature, probably less mature, but an older audience <laughs> than like the eight-year-olds of, of of whatever for the Simpsons. Even the Simpsons, I think, was like PG thirteen or whatever. But um, I would say you know the Futurama is like a not inappropriate adult animated show, whereas South Park is like an inappropriate adult animated show, and the Simpsons kind of blends it between like a, a children's and adult show. Yeah, and I. I th I think that Futurama also like a, a a big thing with it is that there are a lot of things about humans that or our society that doesn't feel like it will change with the technology. So there will be like this one technology, but it will you know kind of either stoop to a, like a low denominator or like it will it will there will still be something about today's world, and you're like oh that would kind of make sense, and that's what. The, the character Fry, that's kind of what he's representing is us in this in this future world. Um, you know, Fry might have some flaws that we would hope that we, we don't have in, in ourselves too, but I, I think that that's how it also tries to keep it keep it like grounded in its time. 
Well, it's interesting. So one of the things that's sort of interesting to me is that, you know, around this same same ish time, maybe a few years later, there was another piece of pop culture entertainment uh, that involves a sort of average Joe from the the present time, like the time when the piece of entertainment is airing who gets sort of cryo frozen or whatever and, and, and wakes up in a deep future, but they're treated very differently. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just like a, a matter of where on the timeline you hit and like where it, where in society's progression or downfall you are, but like Fry goes into the future and is like one of the dumber people there. And, it's just weird to me because I am someone who saw idiocracy before I really saw any Futurama and uh, whatever his name, uh, Joe, the, the Luke Wilson character goes far enough that he is like the most intelligent person left on the planet. And he I started you, as the most average person. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Austin Powers. Oh, I, I knew he was going to idiocracy <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, I didn't even think of Austin Powers. Yeah, I mean that. But now, not not the far future, but like, idi- I haven't seen Idiocracy though. I know I should, but like, ah, you wouldn't have to go that far ahead to be the smart. Again, it, oh, context matters. Oh, but you brother, have to go- if you think this Futurama episode was prescient, wait until you yeah. meet President Camacho, <laughs> I, played I, by Terry Crews. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now I'm imagining like Terry Crews being in 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 the running, one of the nominees right now, and it'd be like, well, there are definitely worse guys <laughs> that you could choose from right now. If if he had his long, not like, sure relaxed his perm hair, he might get elected. Um. Yeah. Now now I'm just it total totally discombobulated. Um. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean the going into the future thing. It's I, maybe we don't do it a, a, enough as a as a trope anymore. But like, um, I that goes to, and this is a bigger thing. But like, if if you do a good job of engaging with that, like you have to do some long term thinking and think about okay, what is what are the consequences of actions and decisions and and whatnot. And you know, I think uh, the climate crisis is a prime example of like people have a tremendously difficult time thinking about not just thinking about more than, than their lifetimes, like, you know, five lifetimes from now, a hundred lifetimes from now. Um, like the James Webb space telescope has, has caused me to have a lot of those thoughts and being like, okay, you know, this is a step. There are lots and lots of steps, but like each one is important and people just view their lives as the whole staircase. And that's, that's really crazy. So you know, maybe it's maybe all these things are coming together, and it's harder to think about the the time jump type shows unless you do um, you do something like you know Star Trek, where it's like all that way. But I don't know. There, there's a very funny Futurama episode. I I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't want to butcher the plot. But I believe the general plot is that many years ago they decided the solution to part of the climate problem was to launch all of their trash into space. Uh, and then it comes time for a giant space trash asteroid headed towards Earth <laughs> as a bit of a karma. <laughs> and so they now have to deal with a massive asteroid of, of their own doing 
And isn't that like, isn't it a spoof of Armageddon? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, I got a push notification today about like, uh, get shooting energy beams down down to earth and like the the reports are in and our scientists are testing ways to beam clean electricity from space to anywhere on earth the results so far are encouraging so far does a lot of work there right you know it's like great you know there there are great ideas but like thinking oh. about all the steps but um i should use that line more often at, at work the results so far are encouraging <laughs> what are the results well None, but <laughs> I mean, you know, they're to, not to, they're not discouraging. They're not discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> to take it back to like, you know, less important things. I do want to note a couple things. Um, the the day the running up to the wedding, they have an event and they have a a sign and it says pre wedding chugathon, which is just a really honest depiction of of what a lot of of uh, you know day before the wedding events are. Um, you know, just people drink having an excuse to to really let loose um uh so i appreciated that um the other thing i would mention we we talked about the metaverse and i think one huge missed opportunity and something that might convince me to get one of those headsets maybe not the apple one because that's a lot of money but they're playing like metaverse laser tag and that looked so fun. I would, I would, hundred percent play Metaverse Laser Tag with you all. Counterpoint. I thought that, that was great. Do you know what's more fun than Metaverse Laser Tag? Fucking Laser Tag. Laser Tag. No, because because it's yes. dark and you'll, no. you'll, you'll no, fall down yes. and get hurt. No, <laughs> oh, it's so fun. It's real fun. It's, it's fun. They but have like, one. I, there's one right next to Ocelot. If you want to, I just it, it, there's. I, there are smells and creepiness to like being at an actual laser tag place. That's why I'm saying that this removes all that, but retains the fun. Just buy a plane ticket and come visit me and we'll go find a place to play laser tag. Let's do I, that instead. I, I, It'll be way I, cheaper than the Apple headset. It really I, will. All I'm saying is someone needs to do this because I think it is a very good idea and, um, you know, there's just a bunch of trash on there and people like buying up real estate in the metaverse. Like, that's not fun. Like, go create laser tag. Like, go, go do it. Meanwhile, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what meta is doing, but they're not, they're not doing that. They don't have, they I don't believe have shooters do exist. Oh, they do. Well, yeah, but laser tag is, I feel like laser tag is different. But what do I know? I, I don't play video games. Uh, I'm, I think I'm sort of of the opinion, like, and, and this is not like, I don't I don't want this to turn into like I have a boomer stance of like, oh, well, the violent video games are making the kids violent. But like, you know, I do think there is probably a, a meaningful distinction between like a console game that you play on a TV screen and one that feels like you are actually physically in it and doing the thing. And I would maybe be a little more concerned about the effects of having, say, you know, children um, in, in a, a virtual reality environment shooting people. Well, I, that leads me to uh, I will basically pull a quote from this. And Fry, Fry says um, at one point after being just oversaturated with all the pornography and filthy, filthy chat rooms, he says, yeah, he basically says, I'm tired of this. Is there something that panders to my thirst for violence? And um, I forget which character responds. What they said is the space pope reptilian. Um, 
And I was like, thank you. Does this Howdy Doody have a wooden dick? <laughs> yeah, it's the space Brazilian. <laughs> uh, shout out to Pope Francis. I know he's having a tough time right now. I'm not Catholic, but he seems like a nice fella. So hope he gets well. You don't have to be Catholic to think that hernia surgery sounds terrible. <laughs> it does sound terrible. Yeah, especially um, when you're 86. Yeah. And people expect, expect you to perform every Sunday. That sounds awful. Are you talking about Tom Brady? Oh, you're right. Boo this man. Boo this man. Okay. Uh, let's give a, a chance, I guess, for any, any parting thoughts uh, on a Bicyclops built for two. Uh, if anybody wants to to get any anything in, uh, I'll yeah, yeah, I'll just say Pierce. Like, if you're not familiar with Futurama, that episode didn't really showcase much of Zoidberg, but he's a treasure. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll need to find that's, some episodes that that's do. The, that's the Cthulhu looking guy, right? The the red one. Yeah. That's extremely yeah. generous to Zoidberg. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he also is the one who's very upset at the wedding that someone else is wearing the same thing as him. And I was like, I, I appreciate that. So yeah, maybe I'll watch more. Maybe I'll watch more. Yeah. But I, if I remember correctly, that thing is sandals. Yeah, it is sandals. Yeah, <laughs> Don't is wear sandals. sandals to weddings, men. Please <laughs> be reasonable. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to pierce's sorry um so this is this i was thinking about this recently and i guess this is an apology mostly to to kevin actually but maybe general people that i have made this critic made this criticism to before um i was recently just in the car i think listening to some radiohead and i realized that one of my big blocks with listening to radiohead for a very long time was i couldn't understand what tom york was saying at all and I think um, after listening to music by like My Bloody Valentine and like Deaf Heaven and um, Cocteau Twins, Cocteau Twins, um, I realized that that was very stupid and that Tom York is, you know, you just have to listen a couple times and you can hear what he's saying. You may be like, oh, I, I don't know that I wanted to listen that closely, but you totally can. And so that was stupid and that was lazy of me. And I'm sorry for being lazy and not giving something its full run. But now I really enjoy it. So I'm I'm happy that I was I was pushed into my discomfort zone. I will say this. I don't think Radiohead fans like needed the validation. Um uh, yeah, I shouldn't encourage them. That's yeah. my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I've never listened to King of Limbs though, so maybe if I listened to that I'd be 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 back to being like no, you all are wrong. <laughs> well see in king of limbs the all the songs are basically him repeating like two lines over and over again so you, you'll get it through the repetition if you don't catch it the first time cool somehow, what a somehow treat still... what a treat i can't imagine why somebody would listen to that and maybe not immediately vibe with it i i you know it's you know what's wild is that is still not the weirdest tom we've mentioned during this podcast Because Max just referenced Tom Brady. Hey, there we go. Um, all right. Uh, before we have any more mentions of that person on this podcast, um, we'll do a big idea from pop culture. And um, 
I was floored by how good the HBO miniseries Love and Death is. Um, it is based on, uh, in part on a, a series of Texas Monthly uh, stories, but it's it's a a true, you know, retelling of a, a thing that really happened uh, in the like. 1978 to 80 range in the sort of general Dallas area uh, where a uh, a wife and a husband from two separate families who knew each other through church uh, engage in an affair, the love part, uh, that ends with someone dead, the death part. Uh, it's like seven episodes... I mean, you know, you know, it's an HBO drama, so they're all like an hour long. So it's like it's a commitment. But Emily and I watched the whole thing in maybe three days because we were just sort of engrossed in it over a weekend. Um, the cast is bonkers good. It's uh, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Jesse Meth Damon Plemons, uh, Patrick Fugit, also known as the kid from Almost Famous. Um Lily Robb, who is great in uh, at least one season of American Horror Story, I know. Um, Elizabeth Marvell is in it. Kristen Ritter. It's like it's a really the the cast is really good. the The performances are are good. Um, there is a, a great courtroom arc uh, with a, a reprehensible judge. Uh, it just it was. It, I went in kind of skeptical thinking this is probably going to be one of those things where I watch one episode and hand it off to Emily and let her watch the rest by herself. And I was immediately engrossed. So I would highly recommend uh, watching it on, uh, on a streaming service that I will continue to call HBO max because I just like Jeff Van Gundy. I refuse. I refuse to call oh, things by man. their proper names. Um, all right. It is time for trivia. Max, are you giving us the easy way or the hard way? Oh, you decide. So I don't actually have the hard way written out, so I guess it's the easy way. <laughs> okay. It's not easy, but it's just, you'll see. So we talked about Futurama today. I knew we were going to talk about Futurama. Futurama has had a bit of a cult following and a bit of a history. Uh, Futurama has actually been canceled, I believe, three or four times and then revived through different networks and in different means, which led me down a rabbit hole on the internet of what other TV shows have been canceled and revived. And I wanted to ask about what show has been canceled and revived the most times but that question is way too hard so instead we're gonna talk about a cult following that that could has the capability of bringing a show back so we're gonna talk about the post post-apocalyptic series jericho <laughs> which aired on cbs Fuck you from 2006 to 2008 no we're not yes we are you're not the trivia master uh jericho <laughs> was canceled and uh, in 2008 and fans were upset. And in 2008, they had the power of the internet. 
Unlike yeah, how did you even get TV upset shows. in 2008? But you'll, you'll tell brought us. Back. So uh, let's just say the the fans were upset and they mobilized through the internet, uh, and the and CBS gave in and brought the fans uh, one more season of the show after this mobilization. So the question today is is what did the fans do? They mobilized and sent more than 20 tons, just more than 40,000 pounds of what to CBS's network headquarters in a bid for CBS to bring, bring back their apparently favorite post-apocalyptic small-town America show, Jericho. Was it A, nuts, B, corn, C, grass, D, fabric slash clothes, or E, screws. I just want to stop right here. You had the opportunity to make D, nuts, and you did not take that chance. You <laughs> idiot. You completely fool. Uh, uh, that one's on me, because, yeah, I made the question. Wait, what, what was the quantity again? Uh, it was 40,000 pounds. <laughs> so it was nuts. Nuts, corn, grass, fabric, or screws. I have a guess. Obviously, I have a guess. guess. I do too. These are guesses. All right. All right. I will, My I'll guess, guess is screws. I will guess corn. My guess is nuts. Ha <laughs> ha! Sean, you are correct. Yeah, you know why? Because the they're nuts fans. about Jericho. That is not why. <laughs> but I wish. But it is. So, even uh, though, even if it's not, it is. It's very much like another. There's another. Uh, there's a Thirty Rock. Uh, <laughs> there's a Thirty Rock arc where TGS is getting canceled and Kenneth the page tries to start a campaign for people to send sugar cubes to NBC in the mail to let the network know how sweet they are on TGS. Only the sugar cubes get crushed in the mail and everyone thinks it's anthrax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in the final episode of Jericho, the town is under siege from a neighboring community. When asked to surrender, lead character Jake Green, played by Skeet Ulrich, has a one-word response. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> the response is a reference, of course, to General Anthony McAuliffe in World War II, surrounded by Germans who did the same thing. So the fans decided to send nuts to CBS, and CBS brought it back for one more season before canceling it again. So they got one season out of their 40,000 pounds of nuts, which cost them $54,000. That's the reason I didn't pick nuts. It's like that sounds expensive. So that's yeah, just not a not a good deal. Not a good deal. Apparently, but... Jericho fans had some money. Um, and grass is too heavy. Uh, you can you can guess what um, fans sent Fox when they canceled Arrested Development. That seemed a little too easy. Oh, bananas! Bananas. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's that's Chris. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's that's really that's, <laughs> that's, that's serious commitment. <laughs> All right. Uh, my my capacity for for pun based thinking may well be bottomless. Um, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Good news, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Thank you.